Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We've got a uh, Facebook Messenger thing going on. Yeah. We thought it was Zoom. It wasn't Zoom. We thought it was Facebook. It wasn't Facebook. <laughs> Apparently, it's computers <laughs> and phones. I think phones are winning this game. Yeah, actually. So, uh, hey, everyone. It's Amanda, and it is 9 p.m. on a Sunday night in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, but we are speaking with Paula over Facebook because as Mark said, we had some technical problems and um, it took us a few tries to figure this out, but we've got Paula who I believe is in Brisbane, but she can correct me. She's in Australia and where she is, it's 11 a.m. So uh, off mic, I was just telling her I've just poured myself a rum and Coke. She's not quite there yet, um, being that it's 11 (laughs) a.m., but we're going to have a fun chat anyway, even though, you know, it's where, what am I today? I'm April 11th, but it's April 12th for Paula. Are you yeah. all, are you all big drinkers? Us. God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, we, we, we're convicts. Oh, <laughs> we, we came over on those first fleets chained. So if you had to, if you had to rank yourself against the Irish folk, where do you put oh. yourself? Oh, yeah. That's a good call, Mark. I would say that we would go almost neck for neck. Um, on, on a good on a good day, uh, I did meet a fantastic girl called Libby O'Flaherty Jones in Dublin, and she could drink me under the table. <laughs> How bad did her accent get? The more she, <laughs> the more she got oh. into it. Well, she said it was my accent. I don't get that at all. Both of you guys probably were just by the not end of the day, yeah, to each other nobody could understand did. each other. <laughs> Everyone's just got yeah. their own slurs happening. Well, <laughs> you're speaking yeah. to you're speaking to two other island people over here. My my family's from the east coast of Canada, which uh, basically they're all of Irish descent anyway. Where I'm, my father's ah. from Newfoundland, and Mark's from an island in the Caribbean. So um, all of us island people just known for drinking. So cheers, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. That's what happens when you're surrounded by water. (laughs) Totally. Exactly. All right. So um, why don't we jump into some introductions? So Paula, as I mentioned, is in Australia and um, she uh, got in touch with us because she is also an educator and she has a degree and I've literally just asked her right before we started recording and I'm going to mess this up, but I think it's musculoskeletal therapy. Yes, maybe. Correct. Yeah. Well All done. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she has a degree in musculoskeletal therapy and teaches courses in Chapman's reflexes. Some of you may or may not know what that is, but that's why Paul is here to educate us a little bit on what she does. And uh, we'll let you know at the end of the episode when and how you can get in touch with her if you're interested in any of this stuff. So Paula, before we start, why don't you yeah. introduce yourself for everybody and give us a little background on you and how you got into doing what you're doing. Okay. I'd love to. So um, meager beginnings, uh, really, really dumb at school, like lazy, dumb, much preferred to run around and do softball and swimming and not high academic at all. Finished school and managed to get into nursing uh, in the old days when you didn't need maths and you didn't actually need too much of anything and was uh, nursing trained and then worked in ICU for eight years, so did intensive care stuff where I learned a lot of uh, just general pathophysiology and all that kind of stuff and were got a bit bored with that after a while, um, became quite unenamored. I just, just got really, really n- numb from just treating in that kind of condition. So I 
completely did a sea change and started teaching aerobics full time. Okay, I've got to say, before you carry on with this, I've got to say, I've heard people want to get out of nursing because it's exhausting and, you know, they just needed a change. I've never heard any nurse say they were bored. That was the first. Oh, yeah. It's probably a bit numb, probably is a better word than bored. I got to the stage that all I wanted to do was look after the ventilated patients, like the really sick ones. I'd, mm. I'd lost my empathy. Oh. And I think that that's that nursing burnout when you lose empathy. Right. So, um, yeah. So then taught aerobics five years full time, 25 classes a week. Um and that got me into the exercise physiology side. And then a friend of mine said, I'm going to do a massage course. Do you want to join me? And I was like, yeah, why not? Sure, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, why not? 12-week course, Thursday nights, a couple of hours. From there, I did my, my diploma in remedial massage. And because of my background and, and all the other bits and pieces I've got, at the end, the head of faculty said, listen, we've got some spaces for protect teachers. Do you want to um, teach? So I came in and and that was my journey through. But beautifully, I've had the opportunity to have the pathophysiology from nursing and acute care and then the aerobics and personal training side and then massage. And then we did our degree in musculoskeletal therapy. And in in all of that, it's just given me, I've been so grateful that I've been given the opportunity to, to learn a lot of different things that has helped me help my patients and help my clients. And that's what I wanted to impart for other therapists. You know, I don't know if you remember when you're in clinic, that last term of clinic when you're finishing your your diploma or whatever you're doing. Do I remember it? No, all a blur. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's, there's that aha moment when you go, oh, my God, that's why I'm doing all these tests. That's why I'm doing, you know, you know, or I've just done a million tests. Now what the hell am I going to do? Great. So I know that I've tested their knee or tested their hip, but now what do I do? <laughs> so I just wanted to get people to understand how to segue into learning the techniques and then being able to apply them. I don't know anything about nursing. So I'm going to ask you guys, because I assume Amanda knows something about nursing. I don't, know, I don't know why I made that assumption. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because it's a Sunday night and I'm already smoking pot. All right. I, I don't know. <laughs> you might want to talk to Paula about nursing. Can you can, can you tell me what, what was I saying now? You said you don't know anything yes. about okay. nursing. I don't know anything about nursing. So can someone answer me this? I feel like nurses don't have to make, and I'm probably really wrong in saying this, I feel like nurses do not have to make a lot of decisions. I feel like you don't make a lot of decisions on the fly. I feel like it's a lot mm. of just being being instructed on, on what you need to do and then you go about doing it however you need to do it, but someone's been giving you a task. Paula? Mm. Versus, well, yeah, maybe you can answer that first. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, it's been about uh, 20 years since I've been nursing, so there's a little bit of distance. But in in, in our day, absolutely, you're given your your roles, your job descriptions at the start of the day. You have you had 10 patients or 12 patients or whatever, and, and you were responsible for giving their drugs, making sure they were showered, making sure that they had any dressings done if they had um, injuries or wounds. Um, Making sure they're fed, that kind of stuff. So you're right. you're performing tasks, yeah, pretty much like that. I'm not quite sure what it's like now, whether it's more or less um, clinical with no extra thought. Can't can't really answer that, Mark. And yeah, I, I don't I don't know either. I'm not a nurse, so I would only be speculating. I think the reason I went mm, is 
yes, I can see what Mark's saying in that, and what you're saying in mm. that you're given tasks and you know what patients you have to take care of, and you, and then you, know, you go you're, about doing it. You, yeah, you, you do it well. Exactly. So I feel like there are yeah. times where you have to pivot very quickly as a nurse, and you have yeah, to make yeah, quick yeah. decisions based on what's happening with that patient. But ultimately, their treatment plan and what's happening with them has already been it's set been out by their doctors, and right. you know, you you carry yeah. on what you have to do. So that's that's where I was kind of thinking. Okay, well, because you're in massage school and you're like, okay, clinic, and you have that aha moment in clinic, but then you have a whole career in nursing so what about doing the massage what about doing the assessment meeting with the patient doing the assessment trying to figure out what's going on coming out with the treatment do you see what i'm saying like is that yeah the, was that the big smack in the face there because you know now it's all on you yeah um oh gee you know it's it's a really good question and i'm trying to work out how to unpack that because it's not really you know when you go through your your diploma and you're given, okay, I'm going to do uh, active range, passive range, resistive range, then I'm going to do special tests. And we've given all our students so much information on, on the, all of those, but then how do you then say, okay, I'm going to apply a muscle energy technique or I'm going to do a myofascial release technique or I'm going to do a glide or I'm going to do effleurage or, or I'm going to do neurolymphatic points, which is Chapman's. Like, how do they get from the information about working out the assessments to applying the right technique and that's that aha moment. Yeah, and I I now okay, now I understand what you mean by the aha moment a little bit better. And I do know that being a massage student, um most of my classmates there was a lot of frustration throughout the program because you do learn things in sort of like in blocks. And, you know, every so often there's, okay, this is how this might link to this. This is how this might link to this. But like, for example, when you're learning special tests. So we're learning orthopedic assessments and we're just learning oh. the tests. But sometimes we haven't even learned the pathology of certain things yet or we haven't learned specific Can parts of anatomy. And Can I ask you a question on that? Then? Yes. So is that is that something you feel in massage therapy education cannot be helped? Or are we just saying there's a much better way to organize all this? Whether it means school needs to be a little bit longer, but there needs to be a different way to organize it. That way things make a little bit more sense. No. Because I've heard more people than not say I was really confused about stuff when I was in school no I think it's because okay I think there's two two factors here one I don't think a lot of people actually understand the depth of knowledge that you're diving into when you go into massage school like I think people mm. think it's a lot more simplistic than it is you know I've had uh, students of mine say to me like I should have just went to med school this is crazy like why do we need to learn cellular anatomy and I'm like okay just you know I I maybe because I went to university prior to massage school there was a part of me that always knew this is going to come together this is going to come yeah, together this count. is going to come together okay. right I don't but that's why I was saying I had classmates who would be frustrated by these building blocks. But the, the piece that Paula is referring to is when the therapist then has to use their own critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm, How do you mm -hmm. get from yes. the assessment to the treatment? And there's sometimes that can't necessarily be taught in the I guess in the way that we learn in massage school like I took courses in critical thinking in university but we're not going to add a whole see, no, like critical see, thinking my, component my, my my point in saying this is 
can this missing tool, can this missing thing, or can this, uh, can we push the aha moment to happen for everybody at the same? Not the last six weeks of clinic. (laughs) So the majority of people at the same time, is it possible if the design of the education and the way it's rolled out is different versus the way it is? Because the way it is right now in most, especially in these private career colleges, it's minimizing the amount of time that they need to be in school and charging the maximum amount. And that's what the education mm. tends to look like, right? So if everyone's coming out of school saying, I was really fucking confused and I was really, maybe the whole thing just needs to be broken down and put together in a way that makes more sense. And it might take more time or it might take, you see, you see well, that, where yeah, I'm going with I mean, this though. It's possible. You can and- summarize what I said because I don't think I even know what I said. <laughs> Mark says a lot of things. He brainstorms out loud. Um, But I think what you were trying to say is there a way to put this puzzle together in a different way so that people are not confused. And I don't know. I'm not saying there isn't. I don't know because so I think it's important to learn anatomy regionally. I think it's important to learn systemic anatomy. I think it's important to learn pathology. Like I, I don't know. Oh. It's not like you can say like, okay, we're gonna just learn all about shoulder conditions, but that wouldn't make any sense because they're you no, know I just mean like when you were saying like I learned certain things in certain order, right? Mm-hmm. And I was started to learn one subject material, but that subject material how, had a prerequisite which I didn't get yet. It wasn't necessarily right? a, lot a of, prerequisite. But, uh, so for example, made the when, yeah, easier. when you're learning so, assessments, but a lot of the time that that is not in the most optimal order is because the way the school is running things on they have a science class happening now and then a practical class happening now and this class so it's really they're making the schedule based on how how short they can make the program. Right. Well, I don't know is it like that where you studied Paula? We, when we went through it was uh four semester so it was two full years full time um and that was for just the diploma what we've got in australia is we've got uh, something called a, our uh, health training package so we've, it's a national nationally written training package that incorporates uh, the the best of what um the peers so the peer reviewed by uh, the associations peer reviewed by the colleges uh, and then uh, support expert matter, uh, what was Meg's support, subject matter expert groups and other groups. So they come together to, to design the packages. So they say you need to have um, a remedial training for uh, understanding the anatomy plus critical thinking. You know, we actually do have critical thinking courses uh, like one subject that would be covering that. Um, and then this, all of the, the colleges have to become registered to be able to provide the health training package. So we have RTO colleges or non-RTOs, but most of them are RTOs. What is and RTO? And they have to follow this, a registered training organisation. Okay. So your schools would have to apply to be a registered organisation and then they'd have to follow the guidelines of the training package. So it means that if I come from... Toronto, and then I go to Vancouver. It's I've learnt the same same subject. Mm-hmm. I've learnt the same topics, and that means that you can transport it where you. It's, there's no transport transportability in the states with the chapters because they're all higgledy piggledy. You know, you can't go from one side of the country to the other, or you can't go from one state to the next state. I think between North Carolina and South Carolina, there's there's two different. Um, college stream yeah probably yeah like it's it, there's madness um so we've 
covered that off. So I think we're, it's a little bit easier. But like Mark's saying, I get it. Like we need to be able to say to the students, if you're going to learn in the fifth semester anatomy of the shoulder, then we should also have some, and we should also be learning special tests of the shoulder. We should also be learning the appropriate glides techniques to help with restriction or instability or uh, rotator cuff, you know, and and then we should be able to go, well, how's the shoulder linked to the hip? Yeah, that's what I was saying. I don't know if it can be totally rearranged. I think part of it has to do with individual instruct- instructors, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think some of my instructors did a better job. So, for example, when we were learning treatments of, you know, let's say we were talking about carpal tunnel, that instructor would mm. be sure to bring back the anatomy and bring back the pathology and bring, bring back, um, you know, uh, other things relating to the elbow, the shoulder, like, you know, j- just sort of trying to tie things together. So when somebody comes in is, and is presenting with these symptoms, how are we going to rule out other mm. things? How are we going to assess it? And how are we going to come to the conclusion it's carpal tunnel? And then, of course, what's going to be indicated there? Like some instructors were really great at that, whereas some were a little more like, okay, I'm teaching carpal tunnel today. And that's all we did. And we never talked about the assessment or anything beyond that. So, you know, it's there could be possibly a reorganization or maybe it's just down to you either have a really fucking fabulous teacher or you don't. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly, I was going to say, it's, it comes down to how the the teacher's teaching. We used to, I had um, one of the colleges that I worked here was very handily close to a pub. So <laughs> quite often I'd take my students and oh, go, okay, we're just <laughs> going to take a bag of bones and we're going to walk down and we'd sit down. There'd be a dozen of us sitting around a table and I'd just throw all the bones out on the on the table and go, all right, just imagine you're an archaeologist. We've done an archaeological dig and there's a, the spine. Put it together. How does it make sense? And, you know, we might as well have a beer while we're down here. Um, so, And Mark had to ask if you were big drinkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Crazy. Crazy man. So you go, well, look at it. Makes It makes sense. The bigger bones are going to be at the bottom, right? You're not going to have tiny bones at the bottom and, and big ones at the top. So you know, they, then they're using rational thinking, uh, critical critical learning, You start, and you make it into an environment that people go, well, I'm going to learn because I'm in a fun environment. I'm not stuck in four walls. So, Or we, we voyeuristically look at people and go, what muscles do you think are wrong with that guy there? Or what muscles would be tight and what would be weak with that fat, bitchy woman over in that corner? So, you know. <laughs> we, would, just we do that as well. I just game. don't say fat and bitchy because somebody would slap me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that comes down to, to the learning experience. And those guys, I still hear from them every now and then saying, you know, that was some of the best learning that they ever had because. I remembered it. Just hearing you guys talk, I'm like, treatments classes, at least the way they happen here, should change. Because treatment classes mm-hmm. really talk about the condition and then they and then they're they're kind of teaching you what the what the tissue presentation would be for that person who would have this condition. Maybe they should scrap all that and just teach you how to look at someone move and try to figure out what's going on there and how to palpate yeah. and, and figure out what's going on there. Because you don't have to memorize a whole bunch of tissue presentation. No. A real patient is a real person. They're going to come in with these things. So what's more important that I've memorized a list of all the things that are supposed to be there because you have this condition or have the ability when you're in front of me to spot what's going on? And um. I think when they give this entire uh, list of things that are supposed to be happening, right, the tissue presentation, I think that is 
um, why a lot of students are expecting a recipe and throwing the critical thinking out the window. Exactly. Like, just tell me what to do. Okay, yeah. so if there's going to be fascia, just show me how to deal with this fascia right here. Like, they're not even trying to think of what's actually happening in the body and how they can exactly. affect it. So if I can, if I can take a look at somebody, or you know, I can watch someone move, or I can palpate, and that can give me the information. So we should be really fucking honing those types of skills. What do you think, Paula? It's a mechanical engineering. Like we're just looking at, at a body like uh, like in an engineering framework. That's when I, I first went, oh, my God, it's so easy to work it out when you actually look at them in levers and pulleys and in the real world. Like why is that shoulder low? Well, is it because the neck on the other side is tight or is it because the lateral trunk's on tight on, on the same side or is it because there's a hip drop or is it because one foot's longer, like flat, or is it, you know, like looking at the big, big picture Versus just going, okay, their shoulders down, so I'm going to smash their subscapularis for an hour. I don't know, like you know, without thought. Yeah, absolutely. It's I I agree with that. Sorry, we we kind of went off. You were only yeah, just in. You were just in your intro. Know, you know, I telling know. us about that aha moment in clinic, and <laughs> okay. that inspired us to be like, well, let's talk about school a little I'm, bit. I'm gonna, so. <laughs> I'm gonna stop talking. No, it's good. So uh, it is good. Let's let's get back into that. So this, you know, you were heading down the path to tell us like how, you know, how you sort of got to where you are. And it was based yeah. on student clinic and having that aha moment. Well, it, actually, it was based on sitting down at a coffee shop with a really good friend of mine called Andrew Chadwick. Shout out to Chaddy, who's a personal trainer. And he was doing some, um, we, we'd talk fascia day and night. We'd always come in and have a coffee in the morning and talk shop. And uh, he was looking at some performance accelerated techniques that they use in the gym. Uh, and I was talking to him and how we could probably modify that to work for clients and patients in, in my area in remedial therapy. So it was part of that Chapman's reflexes, which are actually uh, neurolymphatic points. So when Mark said his um, background's kinesiology, I went, bang, that's like, that's part of the touch for health concept that George Goodhart expanded on, founded. And that work came from Frank Chapman, who was an osteopath in the 1930s. So I'm going to pause. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. isn't it based on applied kinesiology, not kinesiology? Am I am I wrong, Mark? Applied kinesiology is, is different than the science of kinesiology, which is right. the study of human movement, right? So when, yeah. when you're thinking about uh, kinesiology like as a modality, as a technique or whatever the case is, then you're looking at it as applied kinesiology, which has nothing to do with like kinesiology it's like it's, it feels almost like a misuse of the term yeah that's it's confusing okay. to me when i <laughs> that's why when you said it, mark is a kinesiologist but i remember reading something about chapman's reflexes and reading applied kinesiology and i know mark's always like wait there's a distinction <laughs> okay and i don't really know that distinction all i know is that that uh, we do muscle strength testing and then we follow the spinal reflex loop and facilitate the the region that will improve the neural power to that particular muscle and then we retest the muscle with a muscle strength test to see if we've made positive change or a negative change there's no emotional i don't do the you'll see in some uh practitioners they'll test say the supraspinatus muscle and then check for emotional components and that's not where this is at all mm -hmm. specifically muscle strength testing 
firing up the loop and retesting. Okay, so for anyone who's never heard of Chapman's reflexes, you you just told us it's neurolymphatic points. Um, for yeah. somebody who has no idea what you're talking about, is there a very simple way to make people understand? You know, give us a little bit of background um, where the this came from. Pitch? Yeah, the helicopter pitch. If I've never heard of it, tell me what this is and essentially then how I could apply it into my practice if I wanted to. Okay. Um, so it's basically applied kinesiology. That's what they're talking about. The, the reflexes are located in the lymphoid tissue in the fascia. And when uh, they're in acute stage of, of like if the viscera, the organs are acutely congested, then those, those little distal endpoints uh, that you can feel just under the fascia, under the skin, will be really, really, really tender. Uh, we also find that if the muscles aren't, aren't really working well, that those spinal reflex endpoints will be hideously sensitive, will be really tender. And I can kind of go, all right, we can we can do a little test on you guys. If you, like, there's a point for the latissimus dorsi that, that will give you um, testing for strength or range of movement through the arm, and we can palpate underneath the, the nipple on about ribs seven, eight, six, seven, eight, around there, and you might find that there's do, a tender point. Do you want point. me to do this? Yeah, ribs six, seven, or eight. Okay, do it, do it. Hold on, I'm directly under. Trying to get like under my (laughs) breath. Yeah, it's it's up. It's you lift up that underwire. Yep. Okay. And this is this is I always say this is for uh, with your 25, like that line of your nipple, not when you're 75 or 85 because it's all going sideways. I'm 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 smelling 40, so we'll go just a little lower than 25. (laughs) And I've nursed two children, so okay, a little lower. Yeah. <laughs> so have it just just rub your fingers around those on those rib angles and yeah, like directly the where angle. the nipple would be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And tell me, is, is there any tenderness in there? Um. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's tender. Decide that it's tender. Uh, will probably have slight weakness on that side, and we can also map it because the opposite glute is often weak as well because we look at our functional backline or our posterior. Well, now, now i got to so, check both. I only checked one side because I was holding my mic with the others. <laughs> hold oh, on, okay. hold on. Let me see which one's more tender. You might be doubly buggered. No, actually, no. The left one's definitely, I mean, sorry, my right one is more tender. But it, I wanted to check because then you were talking about the glute and I constantly mm. have pain in my left glute. And I'm like, oh, tell me more. Let's hear about this. There you go. There you go. So, we, all right. So that, that would map up right, lat, left glute. Uh, I want you to feel down the lateral side of your left leg so your vastus lateralis i don't want to it'll hurt <laughs> don't go hard don't go hard okay. girlfriend where am i going with the thing the thing with chapman's reflexes is we just it's vigorous light rubbing because what we're doing is we're stimulating the neural endpoints to wake up the arc so it's kind of like if you if you can hear me clicking i'm yes, clicking it's, it's it's that kind of we're just rubbing and stimulating through those points to try to wake up the arc to that left butt. All right. So what do I have to do to my left vastus lateralis? 30 seconds. Yeah, 30 seconds of rubbing with your fingers or your knuckles. All right. The whole thing? Like the, the whole, whole length uh, of the uh, muscle? Uh, All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting, um, I'm wearing yoga pants. I'm getting yoga pants burn on my knuckles. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> This is the and funniest the podcast I've ever done because I'm actually I'm actually doing the stuff you're telling me right now. Yeah. Oh, look, it's going to be interactive. And hopefully people are doing that there too. Well, that's what I'm hoping. If I'm doing it, I'm hoping that people are actually going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. How many people are going to do what I'm doing right now? <laughs> Mark's just sitting there watching me like, look at you. You look like an idiot. Did you did you say 30 seconds? If it's been 30 seconds. Okay, it's definitely been yeah. 30 seconds now that I've yeah. officially got uh, yoga pants burn on my knuckles. Now what do I do? Great. Okay, I want you to I want you to go from sitting to standing. Like go right. sit, stand, sit, stand, sit, stand. I didn't sign up for About. a workout tonight. All right. How many yeah, times yeah. do I got to do this? Just three. <laughs> okay. All right, done. Okay, so tell me about your left glute. Why is it like? Is it sore when you do movement, or is it sore when you try to stretch it? Or um, it's sore almost always. So do a figure of four stretch on it. Like you can sit and just cross your leg over and do a big, nice, big, deep stretch. Okay, and then tell me how it feels. Right now, I actually don't have any pain in it. So I don't hey! know. If, I don't know if you did that <laughs> or if it was the rum, but I'll give you credit. <laughs> And then just have a little, little, just feel underneath that right lateral, like underneath the, the right. breast again. All right. Got to get back under the bra. Okay. Okay. Not bad. Yeah. There you go. It's still, 30 still, seconds. still a little tender, but probably better. Yeah. And we haven't actually done anything for the lat aside from just stimulating that anterior point for it. So for everyone listening and thinking that you're a witch before you, before you tell me more about this. Yeah. Why why would that work? What is it that we oh. in in the simplest terms what would you tell your patient? Why does that make any sense? Okay, it's the nervous system working. And what I say to my patients is imagine that you're a tree. So imagine that your spinal cord is a trunk and imagine that your arms um are the branches and and your hands are spread out at the top and your feet are the roots of the tree. So what we do is that for each branch, there's a, uh, a a root that correlates. So we can't get to the root quite often because it's tricky to get to, which is some of the muscles, but we can turn on, flick and wake up that branch that will come down via the spinal cord and come in and affect the root. And that's probably the easiest way to explain it. And it's fast because it's the nervous system. So we had, um, I've had people come in and do demonstrations um, with like uh, NKT, neurokinetic therapy, like very similar type of work from what I'm hearing. And some of this type of work definitely comes under criticism there's definitely some skepticism in oh, it so right. what do you say to the skeptics like is there is there solid research to back what you're what you're doing and what you're teaching yeah that's and that's exactly right there's the, the skeptics are there because there's is there evidence based medicine there is there evidence informed medicine there not in the last 5 years although having said that there's just starting to we're starting to see a little bit more literature about the neurolymphatic points with uh, visceral work and we're starting to see a little bit more with the uh, physical like um, with some of the diaphragmatic work and i'm now starting to put in place some this 2021 for me is all about um, research mm-hmm. and trying to get some case studies and case a series together for it and that's that's where we're going now there's a fabulous woman called margaret hansen who's uh from new mexico she's a chiropractor and applied kinesiologist and she's also looking at trying to get into some research in this space so hopefully um we'll start to build up some some evidence to support it because you can easily do supportive studies here you could actually 
go do hamstring length test, turn on, uh, test the psoas for weakness, test the gluteus maximus for weakness, facilitate both those areas and retest hamstring length. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing is there's these type of um, practitioners that I have met who do things like NKT. The beauty in it is that it is quick. And so your patient can see, okay, this is what was going on before. This is what was going on after. Like it is a very quick mm. and you're able to see objectively what has happened. Um, so in your experience, how long have you actually been practicing this way? Oh, um, probably about over 10 years. Over 10. So in the 10 years, clinically, what have you seen? Do you have any like jaw dropping um, stories that you can tell us like any amazing results that you've seen come out of this? You know, sometimes if you've ever listened to any of our episodes, sometimes I say like, fuck the research. Like if I'm seeing the outcomes I want to see and my patients are getting better, sometimes I'm not so concerned if, you know, there's been actual studies done to show me why something's working. If it's working, I'm thrilled. So what have you seen yeah. clinically? Anything amazing that, you know, you can share with us and let people know, like, this is what can actually happen? Every freaking day. Every freaking day I see. I had, but, you know, yes, Chapman's is, well, I'm going to call it neurolymphatic points because the reason it was called Chapman's because Frank Chapman died quite young and mm. they respectfully called them Chapman's reflexes to, to honour him. In actual fact, they're neurolymphatic points. Um, the, I've had patients come in with, with um, knee pain where they couldn't, they couldn't go into any form of squat and in less than two minutes we've got them full squats, painless wow. and full strength. Um, people with shoulder pathologies. I'm not saying frozen shoulder because that doesn't fall into that falls into the <laughs> refer to somebody else because it's there's so much emotional stuff in there as well. So I, I think that those complex cases you can't really lock into one modality. And I don't really do one modality anyway. I'll do the neurolymphatic points. I also do a lot of myofascial release work, active movement, active participation with the with the patient so that they're involved in the process. Everyone has to do stuff in my clinic. They're just not lying down doing sweet FA. I know. You can't even come on a podcast without making somebody exercise, no. right? <laughs> <laughs> but you feel so much better for it. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah full range of neck versus total restriction. Um, what we had, one fellow who is a uh, endocrinolo- endocrinologist, he is actually um, a specialist here in, in Brisbane, and he was going for a knee replacement and we managed to prehab him from the knee replacement we got him an extra nine months before having to actually have the the full total knee done and the first session I'd had with him he said I have no idea what you're doing like I can't even get my head around it but it's working so I'm just not going to try to unpack that any further (laughs) I was like good well I I see I love those kind of stories because sometimes Sometimes we don't necessarily know exactly why something's working. Like, yeah, there's science, there's studies, but if it's working, I'm ecstatic about it. So to be honest with you, before you had sent me an email, I actually hadn't heard of Chapman's reflexes. And I know some people might be like, what? What's wrong with you? Mark, had you heard of this before? Yes, actually. um, How much did you know? Someone sent me an applied kinesiology textbook. said, hey, do you want to read this? And I was like, Okay, sure. Actually, he's a he's a he's an he's an RMT. I think he's actually tried to have you come teach a course 
and rent our space. He's tried to have Paula. Yeah, come? yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is all sounding very yes. familiar. Was this like this is early? Was this early now. on when we had our space? Yes. Or was, this yeah. Was early to our space because there was a period of time where we weren't we weren't renting out the space at all, right? So well, we, we were we were we teach every weekend. Yeah, and that was the that was oh, the wow. was a timing issue. Oh yeah. Oh, wow, is right, because uh, about 90% of the courses are taught by Mark himself. I teach a couple here and there, and then we've got a few subcontractors who teach, you know, a few times a year, so... And why is he not the one drinking the Robin Coke? Oh, but don't worry. He's got he's got his cannabis. Cannabis is legal here. He doesn't drink. Oh so no, how I, unreal. Yeah, I drink alone. So he he smokes because I don't. I yeah, I drink alone. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't make yeah, me sound I'm like an you. alcoholic at all. <laughs> it does make you sound like an Australian? I love it. Actually, Australia is a place I have never been. And I'll tell you a fun fact. My one of my best friends from high school when we were coming to the end of high school she had decided that she was going to take what do they call it like a a gap year a, i don't yeah. know like yeah she was just going to take a year and she wasn't really sure what why yet so she just said i'm just going to take a year and see what i'm going to do and then she decided very early on in that gap year while the rest of us were going off to university that she was going to take on as many jobs as she could work 7 days a week because she was young and she had the energy and just save and save and save and save and save and save so that the following year she could do a round the world tour and travel to all these places. So she tried to convince me, like, just do this with me, just do this. But yeah. I have parents who are like, you're either going to university or you're disowned. Like there's there's yeah. no in between. Yeah. So anyway, she did it. She worked like seven days a week, probably two, three jobs. Like she'd go from one job straight to the other and saved up a ton of money and traveled around the world. And I remember her like sending me emails and stuff in Australia. And I'm like, I'm so fucking jealous of you right now. And I said to her one day, one day I will go to Australia. And that yeah. one day has not come. And now there's COVID and traveling seems like a distant memory. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? So it, yeah. no, Australia is a really good place. We'd say you chuck a sicky for a year over here. You, so say, you, can, you say what? You're going to chuck a sicky for a chuck year. Chuck a sicky. You guys chuck sickies, you know what I mean? Like I you take a no, day off? I have no idea what you're saying, but I love it. Ah, okay. <laughs> now, yeah, can yeah. you imagine so if, her drunk with an Irish chick? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> at, the, at the Gravedigger's pub. That's what That was the best of it. Oh We're in goodness. a Gravedigger's pub. Well, I've been to yeah. Ireland with that same friend and definitely had conversations with people where I was just smiling and nodding. They may have been doing the same. So I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying, but yep, sure. I'm going with it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We we if you're going to take a day off and you're not going to like and you're not sick, we just say it's chucking a sickie. I'm going to start using that. Although my boss is Mark, <laughs> so now he knows. <laughs> hey Mark, I'm just chucking a sickie. <laughs> oh my goodness. So you're now okay, like you said, you've been practicing this way for ten years. How long have you been teaching? Uh. uh... Oh yeah, over fifteen years. Oh wow, okay. So too long. Too too long. So what is your well, I have fun with it. What is your uh work life like now? Like do you have a practice still? Are you strictly education? What do you what do you do? What do you do all day, Paula? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well I play golf Tuesdays and Thursdays. Fantastic. Um yeah, because I need to have a, a life. And I've just started doing Pilates three four mornings a week, which is good. Uh but I have a part time clinic because uh, so I work from home. I have for 
for decades. It's just the easiest way to do it, especially when you're raising kids by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very easy to work that way. And I run courses on oh, – so I would normally run probably about six courses a year and that would be, you know, around Australia. And I had been doing – taking a month and teaching somewhere. So two years ago I was in – uh, Ireland and over in London teaching at the Chapman's. Um, the year before, I flew into Vancouver and four weeks later flew out of Toronto and taught all the way through um, Edmonton and Calgary and Saskatoon and had a great time doing that. Uh, and last year I was supposed to be in South Africa and uh, America, but that bummed out. So yeah. what I'm doing now is I'm running courses uh, virtual live streaming. Yeah, this is what we've been doing since May of 2020. So, you know, like the rest of the world, we were shut down uh, midway through March last year. And, you know, after the initial couple weeks of Mark and I staring at each other with the what the fuck are we going to do? Because yeah. our, you know, our mainstream of income, our main job is our education business, right? We run Conant mm. Institute. And then I've got a small practice on the side. So I've got a treatment room set up behind our classroom in our office which is three minutes away from home. So it kind of feels like a home practice, mm-hmm. but it's not. Mm. Um, and yeah, when that happened, we you know we were back and forth, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then Mark said, I guess it's time that we figure out how to do this virtually. And every word of that sentence scared the crap out of me. Like, what do you mean? How are we going to teach these things virtually? And then we just got to work. We started going into the office whenever we could and making videos and doing recordings and just trying to figure out how we can do this. And then we did our first one in May. It went well. We got great feedback. Hmm. And now I think like Mark could probably do this in his sleep. He's become the virtual yeah. the virtual master now. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it, how quickly you develop your own skills. I had um, I was supposed to be running a course in Perth, which is about four and a half hours from where I live uh, by plane, and um, it's great, great pubs over there, Frio, Fremantle. So if anyone wants to come and have a drink somewhere, Frio is a great place to have a drink. They also have a lot of shark attacks over there, so don't go swimming. Um, but... <laughs> But I went, okay, so we've still got the venue. Let's just get everybody to go to the venue. And the organiser had a huge screen and uh, a webcam. And then everyone just brought in their laptops and we we hooked up the Zoom links. And I was 12 foot tall talking to them there, even though I was standing here. Cool. Oh, it's, I got to tell you, standing up for eight hours on, like, being awake and on and, and alert because you know how much energy you use when you're talking into a into a Zoom camera. And then I go, okay, so turn the turn your laptops around. I want to see you do the technique. Okay, no, stop, wait one minute, just bring your arm up a little bit higher. Now sink your tissues, your fingers down into the tissue beside the umbilicus. Now da 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 da. So we could it was completely interactive. I love that you're still making them interactive because we do the same, like we're trying to keep things as interactive as possible. Um, we find it incredibly exhausting. How about you? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like at the end of a Zoom day, Mark comes home looking like dazed and confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, like, yeah, now, so now I, I do a maximum of three-hour stints. So I'll do it, like, we'll do the next one I've got, the li- next live stream is in June. So it's like 6th, the 7th, the 12th, 13th and 14th. So they have, they have like, 
three hour, three hour, three hour, <clears throat> and then like a week and then another couple of three hours, which gives them time to absorb it and to practice it and meet, meet a chance to make sure that they've got it and to recoup. And I have like video, so there'll be a video, like I'm standing there talking to them, but I'll also have a video of, of the technique that I'll do, you know, in a proper demonstration, then I'd have a video of uh, one of my patients that I would be treating and then if my partner Sting is around I'll go hey get your guts in here I want to show them something and uh, and I might show them something so that I've got him face to face at the same time and often they've got someone like they might have a, their husband or wife or child or aunt or that's helpful and when then they I go, have okay. a body yeah and I, I always go like try to get a body even for a little bit of it so um but yeah like I think you have to. We love, we're kinesthetic. Massage therapists are drawn to this technique, to this modality because we're, we're touchers. You know, mm-hmm. Our greatest skill is, is our palpation sense. So we have to teach with that in mind as well. I love it. And I love that you are, uh, that you were 12 feet tall speaking to a room full of people, but you were nowhere nearby. That is really awesome. <laughs> You know, I know. And, and lunch break and go and I go, oh, shit, I need a drink. <gasps> Where's the vodka? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. It's. I mean, we've all had to pivot and we've done it and we're doing it. And it'll be something that sticks around, I think, even if and when we can go back to having large in-person classes, I think this live stream thing is going to stick around because we're just at least opening up to an audience we may not have had before. Like, you know, Con Ed isn't traveling to Australia. We're not traveling all over the state. Well, at least we hadn't up to that point. So it's nice that we can get a larger audience this way. And Mm -hmm. I think people are getting used to staring at the screen. But I like what you've done in breaking it up because Zoom fatigue is real. Yeah. Yeah. For us as much as them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mark, do you have any other questions for Paula or can I let her give out some details about her courses, upcoming courses? I know there's some in June. Yeah, I want to hear about the courses. Cool. Okay. Uh, so I, what can I say? The, the next course that I've got coming up, I've actually got a couple of courses coming up for South Africa, which is good. There's a really good mob called Club Physio and they, they are always trying to offer um, practitioners. So that you can keep your eyes open for those. But my next course is on the, as I said, the 6th, the 7th, which is uh, Saturday, Sunday for you guys, which will probably be the 5th and the 6th, uh, and then the 12th, 13th and 14th. So for us at 7 a.m., and I think for you guys it's 4 p.m., something like that. <laughs> we'll do the math on that later. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If it, exactly. helps, if it helps anyone, it is about noon where Paula is right now, and it's about 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> yeah, so if I'm doing it at 7 a.m., it means that it's the afternoon for you the day right. before. Yeah. So I'm doing it on Sunday, Monday, which means you guys are getting it on Saturday and Sunday, and then the following week, the 12th, the 13th, and 14th. So those two weekends, we're going to be running the course where you learn about, a bit about the history of what the hell it is, where it comes from, the fact that stress is the overriding structure to why our bodies turn into just shitstorms of terrible, uh, and how to break through the cycle of that, how to actually get people to um, come out of that, um, that fright and flight back into that more uh, rest and digest or, yeah, parasympathetic, but then 
starting to unpack that more about the polyvagal theory with Stephen Porges, which is all kind of cool. Um, and then we just routinely go through how to take us from fright and flight to parasympathetic and then actually to test um, the areas that will support the pelvis through the lower limbs, through the thorax, neck, shoulders, arms, pelvic floor, jaw, uh, pretty much 13 different areas that most people will, will lock down when they're in stress. And it's fun. And it's interactive. And it's totes interactive. And then when you finish the course, you get um, you get the opportunity to be part of our private group that we've got going on on Facebook because everyone lives in Facebook land, mm-hmm. except for that 5% of people who are Insta only and refuse to use Facebook. But yeah, but aren't they all really young? Better. Aren't they all really young? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're eight. And they're doing TikTok. So screw them. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, so old. I don't even, I don't understand TikTok. I don't know what it is. Like when people <laughs> say like, I, I'm learning TikTok dances. I'm like, I don't get it. What do you mean? Like, are there step-by-step yeah. instructions? Like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. Um, so those courses are all available up on my website. Um, so if people want to come in and just have a look at, at if you just, it's easier to Google Paula Nutting than to try to remember how to put in your musculoskeletalspecialist.com because I didn't really think that through when I <laughs> worked, worked out that name. Yes, and it's <laughs> super longest. easy. Well, it's a super easy name she has, Paula Nutting, exactly how it sounds. Paula and N-U-T-T-I-N-G, Paula Nutting. Google her. That's what I did. You know, like I said, when you sent me the email, like, hey, you want to chat? I was like, okay, who are you? And then I Googled you. I'm like, oh, that's who you are. And then I realized we were already following each other. That's the best part. I'm like, oh, yeah, I already see your stuff. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And like, you've got all the information on Chapman's and where it's kind of what it's about. There's online courses if you don't want to do live streaming courses. If you happen to actually be in Australia when you're listening to this, I've got uh, a course coming up in Melbourne in June and in Brizzy in August and in Perth in October. So there's still a few things out there. And um, you can do, oh, God, there's so much there's so much fun interactive stuff. There's videos that you can see. You can do loads and loads of practical tools. It's like it's an open slather to get good information from there that you can apply right now. Awesome. I love it. And this is all coming from somebody who has tons of experience. You know, you've got nursing experience and massage experience and it's, yeah, I feel like this is going to be, these courses are going to be fun. So anyone who is interested, Google Paula Nutting, go look at the courses. Is there anything, any last words or pieces of advice, things that you want the general public to know about what you do and, you know, any any exciting things you want to share with us before we head out for the night? Yeah. Uh, well, I've got what I call the supercharged membership portal, and that's uh, about when this all when the shit went south and I started to go, okay, how are we going to look after people? I just started emailing people like John Sharkey and Eric Dalton and Whitney Lowe and saying, hey, do you guys want to be on a podcast with me? And they all said, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I was like, it's amazing. You ask these amazing people to do stuff and they go, yes. And they just say, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they just say, we'd love to. It's an Aussie. Of course we would. So I've got, there's a pile of really interesting webinars and, and interactive stuff within the membership portal. So have a look at the supercharged membership therapists, uh, supercharged therapists, membership on my website because that's where we try to build a community so it's like 
I'm there to support all the time. We do uh, each month we've got uh, live chats. Every day I post some something. This week it's all about lower limb and how to, you know, techniques that will make changes to the lower limb. I'm, you know, great tips from Eric, cool stuff from Perry Nicholson's, awesome stuff from uh, Lisa Belmore and um, Paul McCann, people, uh, Paul Buffel, yeah, people you're from your end of the world. Yeah, as you're like name dropping all of these people and, you know, I've heard of a lot of them, I'm like, it just is so fascinating to me how small the massage community really is. Like yeah. We all just yeah. somehow know each other. As I said, you sent me the email off the bat. I didn't recognize your name right away. But as soon as I looked you up, I'm like, oh, I already follow you. I already see all of your stuff. Yeah. I was lucky to be on the board of a massage association here in Australia. And I was president for four years and I was vice president until I tapped out at the end of last year. Um, so I've been blessed to be able to go to a lot of conferences over uh, America and Canada. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was lucky enough to be able to throw all those name drops because I've actually had dinner and done a trigger point on Leon Chetel's left trapezius. That was it. That's my big, my big number claim to fame. <laughs> oh, I love it. Mark, you're my claim to fame. <laughs> Guess what? I'm married to Mark. <laughs> wow. Okay. I do have one last question for you, though. Since there was a lot yeah. of talk of booze, this is this actually like a three-part question. Since, oh, geez. Since we got a lot of uh, talk of alcohol. The, the first question is, what is your go-to beverage when you are in a very angry mood if you drink when you're angry? Oh, Oh, I don't normally drink when I'm at well, I do, but I don't know. I, hang on. No, I don't get angry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't really get angry. But when I finish a long day, I do like a body. Love a body. But skinny white bitch, they call them here. <laughs> Vodka, lime, and soda. <laughs> that was my drink all through university. And guess what? I was a skinny yeah. white bitch. I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And then I don't mind a gin and tonic. Awesome. Yeah. That was you said it was a three parter. Well, it, yeah. It all it all got. She answered all of them. She answered everything all at one time. <laughs> <laughs> right on, this there was you fun. go. Well, thank you so much for emailing us, Paula, and. Um, it's sorry it took uh, so many reschedules. So as you know, as you mm-hmm. know from the emails, first I had uh, a three-year-old with a runny nose, and here in Toronto, where we're you know in the middle of um, like it's a hot spot. Toronto's a hot spot yeah. where we've got a high number of cases. A three-year-old with a runny nose is deadly and terrifying. So I was forced yeah. to keep my kids and myself isolated for ten days. And, um, yeah, we just had our schools close again um, last week, and we don't know when they're going to reopen. So things are fun here. Um, That's why, you know, I'm having the rum and coke that I'm having right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I hope it's three fingers of rum. You know, you do the three-finger line, you pour it up to the third finger, and then you add the coke. Oh, see, I'm a baby. I can't do it. I stick with my, like, ounce to ounce and a half. I I can't. If I did three fingers, oh, I'd be hammered right now. (laughs) (laughs) But you'd be fun. Yes. I I think I'm pretty fun sober. (laughs) I'm a bit of a lightweight since I've had kids, to be honest with you, since they're still so small. I was saying this to a, a guest we recorded with last night. I no longer drink to be, like, drunk drunk i I, you know i like to be a little tipsy and giggly but i feel like if at any moment i have to snap out of it and be mom i have to be able to do that so i've become a little boring in the last seven years but you know they'll hit double digits soon it's fine (laughs) yeah exactly 
exactly. Tipsy exactly. and giggly. <laughs> Tipsy and giggly. That when, sounds like uh that sounds like it should be like a, a cartoon. A cartoon? cartoon character is like <laughs> Tipsy, Tipsy and Giggly. giggly. Yeah. <gasps> we should do that. Let's create a cartoon. That's our next business venture, okay? Right on. <laughs> Well, anyway, Paula, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been great fun. Right on. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone. Mark could barely get through them. (laughs) (laughs) Are you still thinking about tipsy and giggly? (laughs) I'm so stoked. Oh, that's why. 